the mayor. We need your leadership. Doctor, what are you talking about? I'm organizing a boycott of South Famous. Shit. Hey, keep walking, Doctor. I don't want to hear none of your damn black foolishness. Damn. Juice. No, man. No. No. Hell no, goddammit. Sal ain't never done this to you before, man, and me neither. Hear me? What you ought to do is boycott that goddamn barber that fucked up your head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what you Shit. Hell, come around here fucking with sweet dick with it. Come on, man. Get out of here. Get the fuck Get out of here, man. Come on, beat it. Would you like to sign a petition to boycott Sal's famous pizzeria? What? What? Man, I ain't boycotting Jack, you string cheese head motherfucker. I'm about to go get a slice right now. Shit, I was born and raised on South Pizza. What the fuck you Jeez. talking about? You crazy, man? As good as the motherfucking pizzas is. Black Panther pizza, weed pizza, <laughs> boy. You're traveling to another radio show. A broadcast not only of sight and sound, but of mind, mind. A journey into the wondrous land whose boundaries are that of the imagination. imagination. That's the on-air sign up ahead. Your next stop, Afro-Nerd Radio. With your guides, Dee Bird, Captain Kirk, and on Grindhouse Saturdays, the uncanny Daryl D. And introducing West Coast correspondent, Miss Claire Linnae. Mind expansion engaged. edition of Afronerd featuring Captain Kirk, or maybe not. Captain is involved in a project. He'll be with us on Sunday, but I have another partner in White Collar Crime. He's a regular, of course. He's an integral part of the Afronerd radio machine. He is the uncanny Daryl B. He is here. So, folks, we have a lot to discuss, as always. It's going to be somewhat of a shorter show, about two hours. Um, The call-in number, that remains the same, 646 915-9620. Again, 646-915-9620. We're always going to have these major league discourses, discussions revolved, revolving around pop culture, pop culture, politics, and so forth. We're going to get it in about comic books, about fandom, and of course, some more serious stuff. You know what we do, folks. You know the deal. You know how the spacely sprocket machinery actually operates. So let's get past this herb alt black rock psychedelic soul groove. And then we're just going to simply get it in. This is from a group called the Procussions, not percussions, 
but pro-cushions. Simply Virginia Wool. I'm going to give you about two minutes. Let's groove. Anyway, uh, as I said, the captain is unavailable, but we have the gentleman 
who he may be encroaching upon precog territory like myself. The eidetic one. I could not do, do the show without his his knowledge and his memory, that's for sure. He is the uncanny Daryl B. All right, so time to get serious for a second. Warner Brothers, DC, let's sit down and have a talk here. With all of the properties that fans have been clamoring for, you come out and say you're going to make a movie about or, or a TV series about Alfred. Ugh. Not Cassandra Kane, not Tim Drake, not Stephanie. Uh, I forget Stephanie's last name all the time. All right? <laughs> not even Jason Todd. You're going to do a series about Alfred. All right, so for the love of God, if you're going to do that, Make it, take him back to his Royal Air Force days, have him interact with the Blackhawks, you know, make it the Alfred from the Batman cartoon, you know, where he had shotguns and stuff like that. But uh, way to misread your audience. And notice I didn't include the big one, the one they were pushing down our throats a couple of years ago. Hello, where's your stuff with Kate Kane? Notice Batwoman has totally been pushed to the side now. Wasn't that your big initiative? Yo, big ups to Brian Edward Hill and taking over Detective Comics because he's going to show them how to do, treat the Bat family right right now. And with that, let's get started with the chaos. You, you know, uh, I don't know what to think about that. I mean, off the cuff, it comes off kind of lazy to me. Although I don't want to be so disparaging to think that Alfred Alfred's backstory would not be interesting. I mean, we have to be honest about that. But uh, like you said, Cassandra Cain or someone of that ilk would be far more interesting. Again, Marvel seems to be spearheading more more on the um, representation front. So to, to have a young Asian actress, and especially to have that skill set, Right, as well as you know, because she's kind of sort of mute. I mean, she has limited speaking ability, and if I remember correctly, she her her skill set is almost that, almost at the level of being near, uh, 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 not a mutant, but what's the word, a metahuman, right? And she her language is wrapped up. Her language is wrapped up in her ability to fight. Like that whole power set thing is so interesting. Her backstory is interesting. You know what? Cain Marco is her father. Is that also oh, correct? Kane. Not, not, not Cain Marco. Yeah. Different. Kane. Different. Not, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going. I'm going into a different. Uh, into the Marvel universe. Yeah. No, but. Um, although, yeah. Although you bring up, why not her? You bring, yeah. You, you bring up Cain Marco. All I can say is the ner- if you, if you haven't seen the Nerdist series on Deadpool two. Just keep K. Marco in your mind as you before you go in and take a look. Just flip over to Nerdist after our program, not now, but after our program. Flip over to Nerdist and see their their, their Deadpool two series and see why the name Kane Marco is relevant. Other guys so who know a, us, but what's up? So we so we might get a we might get an actual juggernaut appearance. 
might, we, we might uh, Deadpool 2, like I said, the Nerdist had some very interesting theories about stuff that's been in the background be, it, 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 being leaked through various forms of entertainment and trailers that casual fans may have missed involving Mr. Marco. So that's that. But going back to Cassandra, yeah, the, I mean, she's been updated with, with uh, uh, I think it's Tomasi doing the run right now. It's not Tomasi, it's uh, Tynan. Tynan has her and a lot of the members of the Bat family with Detective Comics at, at present time. So he's kind of tweaked her a little bit. But, but it's still the, how she reads people, she reads them through their movements, if not their words. That's from a long time of being, I guess you would say, functionally mute, 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 mute. functionally quiet. Mute, she right. never, she, she, yeah. she never <laughs> spoke. You know, she, she actually she learned. Do... Yeah, she, she learned she to speak do... through the, through the Bat Family, most specifically Oracle and, um, and Tim Drake, who spent the most time with her. So. It's an interesting backstory. Again, one that I would love to see touched on in other forms of entertainment that DC, uh, you know what? I won't even say DC. Warner Brothers dropped the ball on this one. All right. And just quickly, uh, because we're going to just kind of chop things up a little bit, Daryl, like just kind of go through some things. Uh, Again, to the listening audience, this is the Midweek in Review edition. Uh, The captain is persona non grata, but he'll be back on Sunday. Um, Coincidentally, the character is now she's been renamed Orphan. Is that her name now, Orphan, as opposed to Black yeah, Girl? Uh, I, Black I, Girl, pardon me. I re- yeah, I refuse to call a superhero Orphan. Okay, because Batman oh. Orphan, Superman now Orphan. You know, no, no superhero should go by the name of Orphan. But I do feel like an orphan because I glossed over this and let us say. Rest in power to Margot Kidder. Yeah, Margot Kidder, Kidder passes. We've got to, we're going to talk about her for a moment, but also, and I see our, uh, our Atlantan uh, number, Georgia, and I, I suspect this might be the gentleman, uh, Dreeton, or Dreeton, if I'm mispronouncing his name, Sneed, from uh, Gorb, Sorghum and Spear, maybe? I know yes. he wanted to, um, to drop by because... Um, we heard some harrowing news about one of the the elders of the blurred movement. I should say nerd movement, and by extension, blurred movement. Michelle Nichols, and I don't know what to think because you know it sounds almost like what's happening with Spike Lee, and I, I knew she uh, had Stanley. health. What's it? What I said, Stanley. Stan. Stanley. Uh, yeah, I said Spike Lee. Stan. Oh yeah, that's a, Spike. Spike Lee's on my mind yeah. too. Yeah. Okay. They're related. <laughs> anyway, like like so Spike like Lee said, folks. Like we said, folks. This is a full show. All of these names we've mentioned are going to come up in various points right. of the show. Yeah, Spike Lee. Spike Lee's on my mind most certainly. But Stanley, pardon me for that, folks. Stanley, uh, we know about his alleged foibles, and yet you know all these things we heard about. But then the gentleman makes a YouTube video where he's quite lucid 
and he appears to be fighting back. I think maybe he was a little out of it because his wife passed last year, so maybe that's what's going on. But uh, he doesn't sound like he's that that out of it by any stretch of the imagination, but he is an elder, way elder statesman. He's, ninety, like, what, 96 years old, Stanley. Yeah, I would say so, yeah. There are thereabouts. So uh, here we, now we have Nichelle, and she's of, of advanced age, and I recollect her having survived a stroke, and I thought that she was on the mend from that, but I never got any inclination that she was going through any kind of uh, a mental deficit or any kind of senescence or senility or anything. But now we, we're hearing some of this, and we're also hearing – uh, some financial shenanigans. It, it, this, this is just a horrible scene, man. When folks of means, people that we admire, dare I say love and admire, they, they were very instrumental, I mean really wholesale instrumental in the development of the culture that we imbibe in. And then you find out that there's people that are just kind of, you know, six and seven figures mysteriously being extricated from someone's someone's uh, banking account and that kind of thing. You're hearing some nonsense. So I, I don't know. Let, let, let me um, bring this gentleman in uh, again. I think this is the gentleman. If not, then you know we'll just answer the call anyway. But um, what's going on is that, uh, again, this gentleman is one of the creators of a forthcoming comic and I think animation as well. And I know it's from the uh, successful Kickstarter campaign, Sorghum and Spear. And when I saw him, uh, he's definitely uh, a stalwart Afro nerd machine follower. But when we he, he saw us when we was in Harlem, um, which is cool for, that he recognized us and get, and paid us deference and everything. But when we spoke to him at, um, at his table, because we saw him on the street, then we saw him in, at the Black Comic Festival in Harlem. Let me let me make it completely clear. Um, I just so happened to recognize one of the one of his characters. I said, "Hey, this character looks a whole lot like Nichelle Nichols." And he just said, yeah, it's definitely her, and she's involved in the project. So I, I want to bring him in. I hope he can kind of give us a little bit more information about what the heck is going on because, uh, I, I, you know, listen, we have, to, we have to be honest that many of the folks that we admire, they're getting older. You know, so, you know, let me just bring the gentleman in. Mr. Sneed, is that you? Engineer, what's going Hello? on? Hey, what's hey, up, man? What's going on, y'all? How you doing? Fine, pretty fine, good. Diaz. Pretty good. We're doing great. All right, good, y'all. Yeah, appreciate it. So, yeah, um, yeah. Obviously, I heard you guys' intro, and uh, you guys hit me up on Twitter. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's a surreal experience, but uh, just kind of short answer. Uh, kind of like what you guys said, and obviously, you know, appreciate what you guys are doing in the platform to get a quick moment to talk. But long and short is. You know, we were just working with Ms. Nichols on our, our project here last month. So, you know, again, when I saw her, she was lucid. Things were, were great. And, you know, we've got a couple of announcements with our project as it's been kind of going along over these past couple of months, you know, post-Kickstarter. Happy to say, you know, we got an, um, we had the project nominated for a couple of Glyph Awards, and we're you know, actively in some in some good talks with some, some people we really didn't think we'd uh, be talking to so quickly. And, and to that point, the next phase, like I share with you guys, is you know we've been working with Ms. Nichols uh, kind of more formally over here in, in 2018. So I was just at her house, and yeah, um, 
you know, from what we were just there mid-April to what we all saw in Hollywood Reporter and these couple other things, it is it's an it's an astonishment. I mean, I can kind of say that, you know, to this point, you know, if there's any type of like impropriety or anything like that, that that's news to me, and obviously not the news I want to you want to hear because like you guys, you know, people like Miss Nichols and Stan Lee are, you know, these are the people that shake my childhood, and I mean they're not. Uh, I don't think it'd be uh, out of place to say they feel like family. There are things like this that you oh, yeah. even hear about, whether or not you know, or or even the assumption of such, it hurts. And and to this point, you know, I'm kind of getting this news as you guys are getting it. So with that, you know, I can only you know say as far as whatever things are going on with her son. Like for me, I haven't worked with her son. Uh, for us, the Green County Creative, we worked more with uh, her manager, some like her longtime manager. Just off the cuff, I've had no issues. Uh, but again, this is you know, this is this is blood. This is family that's kind of doing this. And you got you know a court saying these type of things. You know we are kind of looking at it at the same point of like really what's going on. But more from a, a sense of not even a project, but more of obviously the health and well-being of the nipples. That's paramount. You know, and kind of protecting this. You know, one of the uh, you know the, the godmother of a lot of this stuff that we talk about. So it's yeah. It's, it, it, again, I don't have a lot of other words. It's uh, it's stunning to say the least. Sort of hit us. It, it, it this news hit everybody out of the, the blue off the side. Like, wait, what? Hold it. Did I read that right? I mean, uh, right. let's see. Uh, I I know. I saw you at BlurredCon, and we right. talked for a little bit, and you were pumped about this, but you couldn't speak about it last year. You say, yeah, there's wheels in motion. We're trying to contact some very important people. And I'm like, very important people, huh? You're like, come on, come on, give me, give me a tidbit. Give me, and you're like, nah, D, nah, nah, not yet, not yet, not yet. So to hear that Michelle Nichols that was going to be involved in this project and everything, now I understand why you were sworn to secrecy and stuff, dude. Now I understand. Hey, that's good. And, you know, to that point, we're also waiting to get a good start Build and, and we'll have uh, a follow-up here, here in the summer. We'll definitely give you guys in the loop. But that was kind of the, the secret that we were waiting to reveal here this month. And I know you guys said something on the earlier show where at Universal VanCon, of all places, we were going to release this and a lot of other things. You know, we uh, oh. had video and, uh, you know, kind of announcing that we were, you know, trying to bring our own executive producer and had all these cool tidbits and things. But that was a whole another dichotomy of what happened. So I was caught up in that as well, and uh, you know, happy to see you at Comic Con, which I uh, came up and was a uh, you know single day supporter of that. But that 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 really put a wrench in us announcing any of this stuff, and then after the fact, then it's just kind of what we're all finding out. You know, there might be some some other things going on with the symbol. But uh, as it goes, um, we'll still have those announcements as they come. Again, we're just kind of waiting to the folks that like back it up. Uh, on the first Kickstarter to see and, and be part of everything first. But those, those things are immediately coming. So obviously, you know, we'll, we'll give you guys in a week. But we still have some good stuff with her. Uh, you know, we almost have to think of it uh, in parallel, kind of like Mr. Lee. You know, we think of all the cutscenes and, uh, you know, exclusives to the uh, MCU over the past decade that he's been a part of. You know, we also, kind of giving that we're working with in advanced age, also had to be cognizant of, you know, honestly, you know, we think of that, of we have to, you know, do our material and vocal with her. So I'm happy to say.
know what? Um, I- I'm curious because again, you, you literally spoke with her a few like, less than a month ago. Uh, right. You, you're not to get so not to get so deep, but I mean, you're, what you're telling me is that uh, again, you had face to face conversations with with this actress, with this iconic actress. So you never got any impressions of any. I mean, she was lucid in the whole deal, right? Right. And again, to that point, you know, knowing her age, you know, she's pretty much in par with the age of like my grandmother now. So it was things where we had mm-hmm. to take a break. As well as doing a uh, some video for our upcoming Kickstarter, and I mean, and there were breaks mm-hmm. that we had to take. And, you know, it didn't seem to be any more than I think somebody at that age I would expect. You know, it, um, it okay. wasn't anything where over over the next couple of hours, you know, thing. You know, I think just as a southern gentleman, you know, I gave her the breaks that she asked for. You know, you know, I'm, we're not Hollywood guys. We I'm just in awe of even being in the you know the same room as of the player. So, right, right. Of course. So from there, I don't think it was anything that I would kind of take out of that you know she has assistance and right. again um, when we met her it was a very similar circumstance and again just given her age but when I say like you know her reading the script you know her being in that moment as a as an actress of her stature all that was there she's on, that's kind of the part yeah she's know, on in point. a very limited right so in a very limited point in context of a few hours you know an intimate setting at her home where I'm sure she felt comfortable and again inviting us in I really couldn't say I saw any issues, but again, you know, right. we're, we're talking about something as as ruthless as as dementia and 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 those cognitive abilities. Who is to say, you know, we you know what what that was? So again, right. you know, I know there's nothing been formally diagnosed or acknowledged, at least as far as we know, with the doctors. But again, right. as far as our project, you know, I think you know we have everything that we have, and for us. You know, at least as supporters and and at this point partners with uh, Miss Nichols, I think everything's still as go as we look at it today. All right, listen. Um, yeah, yeah. We, we we're gonna she's gonna be in our in our prayers and our thoughts anyway. Uh, again, she says she's like the god. She's like one of the, the the godmothers of this whole blurred thing. I mean, you know, it, it it's so funny, man, because you know, last couple of years, and Daryl can attest to this. Is that uh, when we first started going to the, the Schaumburg Festival, especially, I, I was always right. concerned about content. The irony is that like, going back again, this was what, which one was this, Jared? Was this the sixth one or the seventh one? Which one was this? Which one? The last, the last one, one that passed. Six. This was six. Yeah. Okay, so I went to the second one. I, I started. I missed the first one, and I started going from uh, from the second one. And uh, each year, incrementally, the content has gotten more and more, you know, more and more uh, pronounced. But this, between last year and this year, we really cannot complain about the, any kind of dearth of content from a, a black perspective when it comes down to sci-fi and, and blurdom and all kind of thing. So, you know, it begins with her. It literally begins with her. To a large degree, so um, listen, man. I, I appreciate you coming through. You always have an open door with us, anyway. Uh, keep us in the loop when it comes down to um, how this project proceeds, because we're going to go full body karate in the promotion of it to help you with it. That's what the purpose of of what we do here is. You you definitely know, and we'll probably catch up with catch up with you in you know the same circles, anyway. <laughs> That's more, more and, and that whole thing with your 
And the whole thing with Universal Con, man, you know, listen, these things are going to happen. There's going to be uh, setbacks with this kind of stuff. It was an unfortunate one, but we can't allow what happened to deter the overall progress. And there are other conventions. Uh, Universal Con isn't the only one, obviously. There's more forthcoming and the ones that we already have. Uh, you know, heck, I would like for Ekbok to, to – it's been around. Right. And, I mean, that's, around, that's – well, absolutely. This, this Saturday, I, I may not be able to go this year, but, yo, this Saturday, Ekbok, the granddaddy of us all. All right, the, the the show that got us together, at least on the East Coast right there. That, that yo, always a great show. It's right off of Temple. Literally, it's right, like, Temple is here. It is right on the side of Temple. It, if you're in that area, if you can go, we got a lot of talented people down there. You know, and, and as usual, they could always use the support. And we got brothers and sisters at arms trying to break in and uh, trying to elevate us as a whole. So the hustle never stops, baby. The hustle never stops. Right, right. Absolutely. Well, well as, said, Daryl. And, and to that point, you guys, uh, I know you said it on a, a previous uh, podcast, and, uh, and and rightfully so, looking at an Ekbonk or a Maya Crown Williams with uh, MechaCon. I mean, there's plenty of, of these opportunities that are constantly and consistently raising the bar. So we've, we've got that. And to your point, especially with uh, Schomburg, where uh, you just see the exponential growth in not only quality but quantity of, uh, of people coming out in support. And, I mean, so we're we're perfectly aligned in that same space where uh, you know, the content and the uh, creators and the uh, fans are all, all still accessible. Appreciate it. We'll keep in touch, man. Oh. Um, all right, we, y'all. Thanks you know, so we'll, much. Uh, Thanks, Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, y'all. Uh, Mr. Dedrin Sneed of the Green County Creative, and definitely pick up Sorghum and Spear, ladies and gentlemen, Sorghum and Spear. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, regret- regretful that we're hearing some of this, these health issues with Ms. Michelle Nichols. But, um, you know, I still, I still perceive these things positively. That's, I want to believe that, you know, it's not exactly what we hear. If it is, then we have to deal with it. You know what I mean, Daryl? We have to deal with it, but, you know. Until we hear something formally, you know, let's just kind of keep it, you know, keep it kind of positive. Yeah, fingers crossed, knock on wood. And, and like, like you just said, without her, a lot of this doesn't happen for another, like, 40, 50 years. She sparked a lot of imagination and a lot of belief in, in, in especially young black people that, oh, we can do something like this. She, she became a living symbol. And the Martin Luther King story, if folks, if folks, you don't know the Michelle Nichols Martin Luther King story by now, just look it up. We may not have time to go into it, but look it up. It is a famous part of Blurred Nerd and and just Hollywood lore, and and yeah, I, yo, I do want she, I do I do want to I do want to mention that real quick. I mention this quickly. What Daryl's talking about is, um, you know, during the how long did um the original series run? Like six, I think three years. I mean, three I think years. 60, 65 to sixty eight, something like that. 
Anyway, uh, there was a point where um, Ms. Nichols was thinking about leaving the show, and uh, it just so happened that Star Trek was a was a favorite show of Dr. Martin Luther King. He was a sci-fi fan, so he made an appeal to her to say, hey, it is important that you remain on this program because of the representation, where you're, you're front and center, you're an officer, um, you know, it's just it's just important. This is a very um, high profile series and whole pro, high profile acting position. So upon his wishes, she remained with the program, and the rest is history. And then even beyond that, you got to think about this. Not only is that connection with Dr. King historical and, and extremely crucial when it comes down to the blurred movement is representation first, blurred movement second. But then even beyond that. In real time, astronaut Dr. Mae Jameson, a lot of why she became uh, an astronaut is connected to what she saw as a little girl with that very representation. And even in The Next Generation, she made an appearance, Dr. Mae Jameson. So you can't take for – you cannot for granted her appearance on that show. Going back 50 years ago, literally what it, what that seed planted, even with Africa Radio, all, all that ish, she's responsible for that. So that you, you have to take note. You have to take note. It sounds corny, yep. but representation, representation matters. I'll leave it at that. All right. Let's, let's, let's go more into the, the discourse, folks. Again, it's kind of a shorter show. Feel free to buzz in if you like. Six four six nine one five nine six two zero again six four six nine one five nine six two zero um let's go i want i want to talk about the the black Klansman trailer and then we're going to talk a little bit about Marvel's Agents of shield and some other things uh black Klansman right we've been hearing about this for about a minute. this is a cooperative effort between spike Lee. And Jordan Peele. So the trailer gets released on the cyberwebs. Uh, Adam, young master Adam Driver, is that correct? From Star Wars, uh, Daryl? Yes. He's in this? <coughs> Pardon me. Um, uh, Denzel Washington Scion, what's his name? Uh, He's in it all. Um, uh, sorry, name just slipped uh, off my head. I'll look it up quick. Uh, John, John David Washington. I think that's, I I think so. that's the gentleman. Yeah, jo- yeah. Actually, you know what? You know, it's, it's funny. I knew that Denzel had a had a son, but I was more familiar with his son being an athlete. So it, and he was he was signed to the St. Louis Rams going back I don't know ten or eleven years ago I, I just kind of remember that story so I guess he's somewhat of a polymath because hey he, he was a professional athlete now he's doing acting and now I mean I know he went he was on HBO's Ballers and now he's with he's with Spike Lee's Black Klansman so anyway this is going to be interesting because again you know you have the son of Denzel. You know, Denzel is an iconic actor, so now I guess there's a lot of 
expectation to see what his son can do. So it, it is interesting. And, and I, I can tell already by the trailer, I'm not going to say he's of, of, is of Denzel's caliber, but, you know, we haven't seen the film yet. But he seems to have some kind of ability by what he, you know, just seeing what he's, you know, you can tell when someone is awkward. You know, when someone's kind of just coming in and they're reading lines. Just in the trailer, he seems to have some level of proficiency. But, again, we're, we're hearing about this Black tra- black Klansman's um, movie, and it's based on a real-life story of a black FBI agent, I believe, who was, who was successful in trading the Klan. And, um, I mean, you know, he was able to do it through some subterfuge. Obviously, he's, he's, he's a black gentleman. But you could tell in the commercial, that's where the Adam Driver character comes in. So the part that I find interesting is that, um, and it, again, you've got a Blumhouse production thing here. The Blumhouse, Darrell, I've been saying this. When, when you hear Blumhouse connected to this, this stuff now, it seems like i got to give – it has some kind of credence with it. Would you say even the upgrade well, thing that's coming out? I can't wait to see upgrade. Well, here's the thing about Blumhouse. They're allowing their creators or the projects they finance or about to distribute. They go out of the box with a lot of these. Like they go like, okay, we see what's the mainstream doing. Okay. You're doing that, doing that. All right. We'll go and, and we'll go to the left. Or we're going to go to the right. Or we're going to just come at it at a, in a different direction. All right? I, I realize using left and right, the Wednesday is the political term. I don't want people to get confused here. I just mean Blumhouse takes a look at these things from different ways. You know? So they, of course, they're, they're behind Jordan Peele. <laughs> you know? So – they love that. In addition to Jordan Peele, you, you brought up Upgrade. They had It Follows, you know, and I, I, I will mark myself down for saying with It Follows, I saw one commercial of It Follows, and I was like, oh, oh this, is, this looks like, oh. I mean, how cheap, how cheap is this? And then I caught it on Netflix at the bar, and even with the subtitles on, just because the bar plays music, you have the movie on. I was drawn in. I was like, this is some creepy S. Holy, you know, like, wow. And like Blumhouse is letting their, their talent and stuff just go and go like, okay, go ahead, do it. We'll, 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 uh, we'll distribute it out. I mean, what the hell? Let's see what happens. And the thing is, all of these projects are being made for low money, but getting 200, 300, 400, even 500 times what they, they, they put out for it, making them highly successful. Yeah, let, let me give a corre- some cor- uh, a correction to the audience, and my apologies. You know, we are speaking kind of off the cuff. Um, it wasn't the FBI. He was a police cadet. This is, again – uh, the John David Washington character, he's portraying um, a retired police officer, well, currently retired police officer. He's very much still alive, Ron Stallworth. Ron, the character he's playing is the real-life Ron Stallworth. Ron Stallworth, as a police cadet, uh, infiltrated the Klan. And 
and you even see in the commercial that he has a conversation with David Duke, who we who we know in the present day, that David Duke. So this is a, an interesting story. It's a Spike Lee joint. And what really got me, like, really, my, my blood chomping on this, my teeth chomping, pardon me, not only, not only the Blumhouse connection, but the fact that this was recently shown at Cannes, the Cannes Film Festival. And they said that after this movie was shown, Spike Lee got damn near a 10-minute standing ovation, Daryl. So, if I, I, you know, look, I know that we, you hear these things, you know, cons is very shishi foo foo you know, um, you know, there's some, even some issues with certain films. I think even Netflix, you know, there's some issues with cons and Netflix. Netflix is trying to work that out. But when you hear a almost 10-minute standing ovation for this, and also the fact that Spike Lee, you know, Spike Lee is, is, is ever on fire. You know, he has some pretty um, nasty words and expletive latent words for uh for president trump and this and this there's of course flashes to trump you know al- analogies allegories to trump in this movie so I, I just want the audience to be keenly aware this may be yet another film to to pay close attention to i i was a i am a spike lee supporter but let's let's face it the last few films the last decade and a half he's been kind of kind of stale I think now he may be reemerging, you know, um, with his Netflix imprint, his, you know, the 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 uh, she's got a habit film, which he has translated for a TV series, got a second season renewal, and now we're going even deeper into this Black Klansman thing. And also, you know, I heard that we spoke about this that he's supposed to be doing a Marvel, I guess a Sony Marvel film. We'll see how that works out. Um, Night, was it, what's the name of the character? Night Prowler. Which one? For, uh, it, it's the one. It, it's the one that's basically a spawn for Mar- Marvel's version of Spawn. Oh, Nightman. No, it's not Nightman. It's Night something. I think it's Night Prowler, isn't it? No, Nightman. I, th- I believe it's an, uh, Nightmare. Nightman. Nightman. <laughs> Or, 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 or basically a spawn type thing, right? It's either Nightman or Night Mask. Night Mask is more Freddy Krueger. So, but we'll, we'll look it up. We'll look it up. No, it's uh, you know what is? I think it's simply well, Night Prowler or Prowler. Prowler is the the uh, Spider-Man character. So I don't think they're gonna That's name not, it that. Let me look this up. I don't want to give misinformation because we we just reported this. I'm pretty sure it's a Marvel character, and that Spike Lee is he he has been connected to this thing. All right, somebody play the Jeopardy music. Oh, Night Watch. <laughs> Night Watch. Okay, okay, there we go. Okay, Night Watch. But I, from my understanding, the Night Watch character is kind of sort of you know he even looks like Spawn. Yeah, it's off of yeah, the, and it's just, um. Off of the old uh, Ultra Comics Prime line that that, that uh, Marvel bought during I want to say late nineties that that had Prime. It's it's off of that universe. It's I'm going to read the main universe. I'm going to read this quickly just so we re- revisit this. And again, I I do not want to give misinformation to the, to the audience. Again, we're just kind of speaking you know extemporaneously 
uh, Spike Lee. We, we covered this a few months ago. Um, I'm reading, reading this from Variety. This is from uh, uh, like March. So this is, we did, we, I know we reported on this recently. Spike Lee may direct a movie for Sony Pictures based on the Marvel character Nightwatch. A source told Variety that Lee's involvement is in the early stages, but he could potentially helm a film from a script by Luke Cage showrunner Cheo Hodari Coker. See, now we're getting into the – it's getting very familial now. The studio and Lee's rep declined to comment. The site, the site that hashtag show, first reported the news. Nightwatch was first introduced in 1993 as the alter ego of African-American scientists. Okay, I'm going I'm to continue reading this. But my, be mindful of the year, 1993, an African-American, and his costume looks almost exactly like Spawn's costume. But anyway, Nightwatch was first introduced in 1993 as the alter ego of African-American scientist Dr. Kevin Trench, who witnessed a costume man die battling terrorists while armed with invisibility-generating cloaking devices. Trench then learned that the corpse was an older version of himself. See, this is getting, see, and I'm going go. deeper into this, Daryl. Uh-huh. You know, th- this, is, th- this uh. is clearly, this is clearly <laughs> channeling. This is that whole, you know, you thought DC and Marvel had it bad. This is, this is Marvel and Image. Like, folks, it works? Th- th- folks, this is essentially the black superhuman love child of Shadowhawk and Looper. That's what Nightwatch is. But continue. Yeah, but look, this is Spawn, though. <laughs> you, know, you know, this is, I mean, come on, man. His costume, the time, his, the fact that it's, it's a corpse. I mean, come on. That, that's it. You know, the corpse was an older version of himself. I mean, isn't that, isn't that essentially, essentially isn't, uh, isn't Spawn, Al Simmons, a walking, you know, he's, 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 he's in between life and death. Yeah, Malbosia but he's not and all a, that kind of stuff. Yeah, he, but he's not exactly dead. And and Nightwatch, his his powers are tech demon based. So okay, we're we're getting into the weeds, but I, I trust me. Yeah. You look at this costume. You look at this costume. It's Spawn. I'm gonna I'm gonna put a link to the to the ad um, to the uh, to the article, and I'll let the audience see for themselves. But oh, somebody already put it in there. Okay. Yeah, well, Sean Christopher knows the deal. If you 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 look to the audience and simply go to the chat room, you see that our our friend uh, Sean, yeah, this is uh, eh, well, it's a picture. It is what it is. All right, um, Daryl, let's take a quick musical break. Just you know, just breathe a little. When we get back, I want to get into this Marvel's Agents of Shield deal because yes. I, it's going down. Da- it's going down, kind of, sorta, how I thought it would have to go down. Even the timing. Even the timing of uh, of this of season six, it would have to be 2019. So, <laughs> my, it, I, I, I think I think like what? Why not have it for 2019 if there's going to be any kind of crossover? I'm just saying. Even if it's not a physical crossover, at least story-wise, it kind of has to be 2019. Anyway, um, I'm very excited about this. So let's uh, let's 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 do this um, let's do this groove thing, and then when we get back. I want to talk about Marvel's Agents of Shield season six 
and dare I say, season six and beyond. I also thought about that as well. All right, this is Mickey Taylor, Trainwreck, two minutes. We'll be right back. Champagne kisses, whiskey wishes, nights like this, right one way, in your arms, feel no harm, vibes are strong, turn me on, keep me moving, more drinks going, nights like this, camp in me, let your joy, let you strong, I don't know, turn me on. You know, Ghost Ghost Rider really isn't an ancillary character. You gotta be, you know, you gotta be mindful of that. 
the uh, the life model decoys. We finally got that. So, you know, it, it it's uh it's they've been doing smashingly. I mean, I don't know about the ratings, but as far as appealing to the fan base, they're doing what they need to do. So, uh, it's on Fridays on ABC. Fridays usually a usually a death knell for TV shows, but I also thought that, hey, Marvel and Disney, they are a billion-dollar business. These these movies are doing gangbuster. Um, think about Ant-Man coming up. I don't know what the box office will look like for Ant-Man, but it, it looks like these characters are just going to make more and more money. Ant-Man made, and again, this is Ant-Man. Ant-Man made, I think, over $500 million. I think Ant-Man might have made more money or close to Superman money. And mind you, Man is still made about $600 million. Ant-Man is in that same kind of, same kind of universe. Ant-Man, which is a, you know, not even a tertiary character. Beyond that. So, uh, I think Ant-Man could potentially, I don't know if it's going to be a billion-dollar movie, but it's going to make more money. I think it might be, do $700 million. What, what do you think Ant-Man's going to do, Daryl? Coming in, like riding the wave off of the crowd, I think if it doesn't make $700 million, something's gone tremendously wrong. Because yeah, the Infinity yeah. War thing, it's going to be riding the crest of Black Panther and Infinity War back-to-back. It's going to be riding that wave. So it's gonna get two weeks. It should be at four fifty. I'm gonna round it to like seven hundred. And people underestimate the star power of Mr. Rudd and Mr. Pena. You know that that once they're in, you know the uh, people word of mouth. They spread the word of mouth. And I think seven hundred is a good guess. Seven hundred million is my my median for well, this one. Well, look, you got Michael Douglas, and you also have uh, Lawrence Fishburne, uh, Morpheus himself. So uh, I, I would not be shocked. I think it might actually make more money. I think, you know, let's look, if it's really good, if it's really good as far as repeat viewing good, because it, it looks, it really looks very like, it looks like a perfect popcorn movie. I don't know, but it looks pretty, it looks pretty good. If it does what it's supposed to do on the on the criticism front, I think it's going to make its money. So anyway, um, why am I mentioning Ant Man? Uh, all of this stuff with this with these the success of these movies. So I'm thinking of even Ant Man in the sense that Ant Man, even though it was not a billion dollar movie, it was still financially successful, and the trajectory is is just going to be high. Ant Man could potentially be. You know, when you start getting in the seven hundred, seven fifty, eight hundred million dollar realm, it's nearing a billion dollars. So when you're making that kind of money, this is the excuse that kind of uh, dovetails into why Agents of Shield is able to continue being a TV series. I think there's so much money being made by these movies that it underwrites the need. For Marvel's Agents of Shield to be essentially an infomercial, uh, a kind of a linkage point or a hub for everything else. So anyway, um, they announced that not only was it renewed season six, but that it's going to be coming up, I guess, spring or summer of 2019, 
which would be right in line with Avengers 4. So I found that interesting. And they said that, uh, I think 13 seasons, mind you. So I mean, sorry, 13 episodes. So you have 13 episodes for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with, with a, a high likely, likelihood that we will see another season. You might get a season seven. So, hey, uh, I think it's cool. Let me, let me bring in Q Storm. I think he wants to add something to the conversation. Q, Red Shirts, the podcast you start Hey, guys. I, I apologize for how I sound. I'm driving through some of these storms. You guys had some huge storms up in New York. I was shooting in New York today. Did you so, finally get off the bridge? Okay. Did you, you know, once I got on the river, once at the Henry Hudson Parkway, once I got on there, it kind of started moving. Not fast enough for me, though. Um, so listen, uh, with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I kind of gave up on that show. I've got like, I don't know, eight episodes sitting on my DVR saying, please watch us, let us free, please give us free. I just got kind of bored of the storyline, but from what I'm hearing you guys talk about, I got to sit down and focus. Uh, the reason I dialed in is more about Ant-Man. I, I, you know, if you want to dismiss my question, I... I can understand, but do you guys think that people will be confused about going to see Ant-Man and the Wasp after the apocalyptic conclusion we just saw to Avengers Infinity War? What matters after that? You know, unless Ant-Man is going to fall somewhere before Infinity War. Yeah, essentially, from what I gather, Ant-Man and the Wasp is going to be going like kind of concurrent. To the beginning of Infinity War Like if you remember when they They brought it up on, on the ship About oh well uh, um, Scott and I forget who the other character was Scott, Scott and Clint are, Took deals there with their families right now You know it's kind of concurrent there So the Ant-Man Wasp adventure Is going to take place Up until Thanos starts his thing when Thanos, when that uh, Wakandan attack and stuff happens, the, it, it, Ant-Man and Wasp as a movie is already going to be completed, you know, or, uh, in terms of the story. And then, uh, uh, then what uh, what happens is happens. They'll put them in line for however Avengers Four is going to fall. But here's the thing, Ant-Man. Uh, this is going to sound crazy, and you guys can try to deconstruct it. Maybe you can. But Ant-Man is the, probably the one guy who could have beaten Thanos. Ant-Man shrinks, goes into his ear canal, turns into Giant Man. Thanos is done. Well, <laughs> hey, uh, but that, that's, that's the ironic thing. You see, this is how Marvel and DC as universes differ, okay? With DC, it's always, they always have the perfect hero at the perfect time to do the right thing to save the day. That's always, if you look at DC stories, that's always what happens. Marvel, if you look at some of their stories, it isn't the fact that there was the perfect hero at the perfect time, but it was a hero at the right place with a little luck that helped save the day. I, I, and if you want to fight me on it, fans out there about this, look at your major storylines, right? 
Tell me there wasn't a measure of a luck involved with each Marvel storyline on how the heroes save the day. You know, with, with DC, oh, Batman always has a plan. Oh, Superman zips in at the nick of time. With Marvel, well, you know, we can't beat Thanos outright, right? Each time Thanos gave us the way to beat him. Oh, uh, Red Skull's got the Cosmic Cube. Uh, we can't touch him. And he's forced all of this stuff to happen. But coincidentally, we just stumbled upon this uh, MacGuffin. And um, we're going to use it to help us win. <laughs> you know, there's always a little measure of luck in these major events at Marvel to help the heroes win. Well, you know, you know something else that I, that I liked about um, the Ant-Man character, and I, and I agree with Daryl. It might even be more interesting that it's not going it, that there's not going to be a direct uh, a, a direct timeline connection between Ant-Man and Infinity War. If if we get a prequel, like like listen, this is going to be another half comedic heist kind of story. It's, it's you know it's going to be a different thing. So if it if it if we do if we see Ant Man doing what Ant Man does, and then at the tail end of Ant Man, there's a call, there's a reference, there's an after credit scene that goes into what's going on, what's going on between, uh, in, between Ant Man and then going into Avengers Four. Like Ant Man could still be a, a kind of a mild segue leading into Avengers 4, even though it's kind of, sort of, a prequel. The after credit scene can still make a connection. Because all these Marvel films, I haven't seen a Marvel film yet that doesn't tie into something. So, uh, well, I'm led to believe that it's, 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 there's still going to be some kind of tie-in. But it is, it is interesting, I will say this, and this is something that Jared could probably speak about. I think within the last couple of years, they have gotten more into the science of Ant-Man and how he can... Because Ant-Man defeated Doctor Doom. Matter of fact, I think... Isn't it safe to say that the, that the turnaround in Doctor Doom... What, what, what was it? Was, it was the, secret, the, the, the rebooted Secret Wars, but wasn't it also the defeat at, by Ant-Man, Daryl? Well, you, you, could say, you could say that. You know, I, I look at Ant-Man... Like, I look at uh, Booster Gold over at DC, and for folks out there, I bring up Booster Gold. If you don't pick up Batman 47, and this is me speaking, and you know I don't like Batman, Batman 47, don't miss it. Trust me on this. You need to read it, okay? But where I'm talking more Scott Lang than Hank Pym, but... They overlook him as a character so much, just like Booster Gold, but you don't realize that they are quite intelligent in how they use their own powers. And that often leads to many guys' demise. Doom overlooked what Ant-Man could do, and it bit him in the, in the, in the, the shiny metal ass. You know? And that... And that- and, and that's why Ant-Man should have been fighting with with his fellow Avengers. And so, you know what I want to see as the tie-in? 
I want to see an end credit scene where the wasp on Michael Douglas fades away in front of Ant-Man, and Ant-Man gets the news of what happened, and then he regrets not being on the front line with his Avengers. Maybe. Or maybe, maybe at the end of Ant-Man and Wasp, it's the two of them with, with uh, Michael Douglas, and because uh, Thanos is manipulating the fundamental forces with the glove, upon trying to get out of the microverse or where they're at, they get shrunk down to the point where they run into the original Janet Van Dyne, a.k.a., from what I hear, Michelle Pfeiffer, and they've got to fight their way out of that. So they're shrunk down past the microscopic level into the very nature of the, the microverse or the miniverse or the uh, what, 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 what's the one that, that uh, the, the, uh, I forget, what, not Micronauts, uh, where did Psycho Man come from? That, 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 was, that, that, that was the negative zone, wasn't it? Didn't it come from the negative zone? Maybe like uh, yeah, uh, it was connected to the negative zone. But I want, I'm going to say the microverse. Maybe because Thanos used the glove and did that while they were on their way back, it shunts them off, and they now are able to find the original Wasp through that adventure. You never know. But again, it goes back to a point I keep on saying: Kevin Feige and all of these creators, the Russo brothers. All of these creators, Kugler, they have created a universe now where anything can happen. We can, with our nerd, geek, blurred powers, we can guess. But even we don't totally know the direction they could go to take it, and it's all on the table. Nothing is closed off, and that's beautiful. Let me, let me you know, mention something right, else. Uh, he, he, was, he was in the... He was in the Microverse. I think you're right. Uh, well, I just, looked it up. I just looked. I just looked it up. Uh, I'm, I'm at the Wikipedia page for Psycho Man, and it does say. Uh, I'll just read it verbatim. It says Psycho Man first appears in a Fantastic Four annual, being established as the leader of a technocracy that governs a microscopic system of worlds in the microverse. Okay, so that's clearly what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. What I want. What I wanted to. What I wanted to mention. Quickly, I mean, quickly, 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 not to get so uber geeky, but, you know, this is the Afroner show. Um, I, I'm not so sure if if um, Scott Lang would have been able to beat Thanos the way you think he would have, would have. Because if you think of someone, if you think of Thanos like Superman, Superman is able to deal with microscopic stuff. He can see things microscopically. So because we've seen... Uh, that kind of thing pulled on those kind of, you know, again, we're talking about somebody who's near omnipotent. They're able to see things. So I'm just saying that might have been like, you know, as far as as far as, as, far as the kind of mythology that might have countered any notions of, because I thought about this. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't someone like, uh, like, like Ant-Man be able to kind of go down on a microscopic level and, and, and whatever. I mean, you know, I thought about that. Maybe that was a possibility. They didn't explore that. And also something else that I liked about um, the Scott Lane character that we saw within recent years is that he now is able to essentially have super strength without increasing in physical size. Isn't that correct also, Daryl? 
Yeah, he could. He That's could the- actually. He could fight at his regular strength, even the strongest down. So. Well, before, this is the same thing with the Adam character. These these miniature characters are always able to miniaturize but still maintain their normal strength. But in the case of Scott Lang, with the pin particles, again, this is all pseudoscience, obviously, but he's able to, uh, the pin particles allow him to manipulate mass. So he's able to, because I think they showed how he was like a re- like regular size, but he was able to have, maintain the strength, or shift, shift mass, uh, without size, so he so when he's let's say he's he, he's you know twenty five feet tall, or I think he said on said on the in, in the trail he's like sixty five feet tall. He could have the he could have the strength of a sixty five foot tall human being, but be like six one. That's yep. that's something that's been kind of that's kind of crazy. That's crazy. But, so Ant Man, like you said, Ant Man is played played as a goof. I, I should say. The Scott Lang version of Ant Man is played for a goof, and the connection you made to Booster Gold is Booster Gold is is pretty apropos. He's he's, he's played comically, but in, in actuality, he is a threat, and they don't really go into that enough. Yeah, uh, the, uh, one of the reasons again, I often bring up uh, Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes because of how they portrayed Black Panther, but another show they had was Scott Lang. Stealing the the Hank Pym Ant Man suit, and H- Hank Pym actually telling Scott Lang, famous show because it also introduced uh, uh, Power, uh, Power Man and Iron Fist into that that universe. And go like he goes like, wow, you actually uh, tinkered with it where you could use your strength even shrunk down. You know what? Keep the suit. I'm not I'm not Ant Man no more, and I think you'll be using it more than I will. Right off of that cartoon. Well, you know they they you underestimated uh, off a tangent. They underestimated uh, Sue uh, Sue Storm's ability from the Fantastic Four. John Byrne took that character and was like, "Wait a minute, she's the most powerful character in, of of the quartet." Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a history. There's well, a history actually, to if I if I remember correctly, she was a threat to even the Celestials. Isn't that correct, Daryl? Yeah, because she's channeling Celestial power. She she was able to crack one open, and and which yeah. left the the Silver Surfer shocked. Like, wait, you just cracked the Celestial open? And Sue Storm responded, "My family's in danger. So what?" Okay, wait a minute. What? Can I, okay, listen, you. Uh, you got to tell me what issue of Fantastic Four that is. You may get me started reading comic books again. <laughs> that was that was past that was past uh, the Burn Run. Burn had established it, but I think it was DeFalco that that had her actually crack the leg of a celestial open <laughs> using her power. And I okay, want to say. It. Yeah, I want to say it's around the 300s. Uh, I'll look it up after the show and get you a number, Q. I got to go I to the comic book shop tomorrow. Tomorrow. I got to go got, and get that. I got it. It's, uh, I believe it's Fantastic Four 391. Oh, there it goes. And it is, it, it, we, we, it Wikipedia mention, uh, again? 
Now, I just went to uh, Google and uh, Comic Book Resources. They have a whole article. I put the link in the chat room. But um, I, they show the panel on, of that, I think. But, yeah, it's – it's because uh, it, 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 listen, I remember reading it, and I was shocked when I was reading. I, I would never, so, you know, certain things are so iconic. I said, I did not know she could do that. <laughs> it's one of those uh, Dave Chappelle moments. Yeah, I did not know but, she could but, do that. But, again, credit to <laughs> Byrne. Because Byrne put uh, during Byrne's run, he put those seeds in, and DeFalco picked it up and ran with it there. And again, when she cracks it open, everybody's like, "Oh!" To the point, the characters on the page go, "Oh!" And she's like, "What? Let's go. Job to do." Like, yeah. To, uh, I put I uh, and I uh, and I gave credit during Mother's Day. And again, for folks, I wasn't on. Happy Mother's Day to you and yours. I gave credit to Dwayne McDuffie for showing Sue with the wizard going, yeah, you've f with my family too long. Yeah, yeah, you guys love calling me the invisible woman, but from where I'm standing, you're a very, very little man. You know what I can do with this power? And she uses her invisibility power to sh- open up his rib cage. To show you inside where you see in the heart and all of that, like, yeah, and if I put a little force of pressure right here, you're going to get an automatic brain aneurysm. And it goes like, don't mess with me, don't mess with my family. And right there, like, everybody was like, oh, 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 my God, we've overlooked Sue Richards for a long time. And you could see him get so worried that his face is turning red and he passes out from just fear because Mama Bear is in the house. It's no longer the quiet, hey. docile Sue Richards, you know. And a credit to Paul Pelletier who drew that issue too because, yo, Dwayne McDuffie went, yeah, I'm going to – this is for all the Sue Richards haters. I'm going to write this one in. Yeah, Paul drew it perfectly. Everybody okay. makes fun of okay. me when we when I when I'm with my fellow geeks. They say, oh, "Whose power would you want?" Or this or that. And if you can have any superpower, I say, "Give me Invisible Woman." And they're like, "Huh?" <laughs> I'm like, "Read the comic. Read where John Byrne turned Invisible Woman into Malice, and come back and report to me." <sighs> yeah, Yo. real, real quick, let me give it, let me give a correction. Um, it's it's actually uh, Fantastic Four four hundred. It's Fantastic Four it, four four hundred. And uh, I even um, I even read what it says. Uh, hold on, I just saw it. I mean, it's, it's definitely Fantastic Four four hundred. So I just saw it. Um, yeah, it's, actually, the link that I put in there from from Comic Book re- Resources are it's the top five greatest Invisible Woman moments, and that's one of them. Obviously, uh, damn, she actually destroys a celestial. Isn't that correct, Daryl? It's a little bit more than a crack. No, no, it starts as a crack. And then because the energy is leaking out of it, she has to get rid of it. So, and and again, to to show how these things link up with current day, I made a, a statement regarding Avengers 2 today talking about power levels. And one of the characters in it is shown lifting the hand of a celestial and I'm like, okay, you've never shown that much power of this character before. Uh, yeah. Well, here, like I said, 
Byrne and Del Faco, they establish how powerful Sue Richards could get when she's pissed off. Yeah, this this piece is from, uh, again, Convoke Resources. Brian Cronin is the writer, and he gives that particular celestial confrontation as an honorable mention. He says here, one feat that I figured I should at least mention since it was so significant was Sue destroying a celestial in Fantastic Four 400 by Tom DeFalco, Paul Ryan, and uh, Danny Bulanati. And it has the, the you know, it shows. I, see, I mentioned it more to note why it is not as impressive as it first looks. As earlier in the issue, her father-in-law, Nathaniel Richards, explained to her that her powers draw from the same cosmic substance that makes up the celestial armor. So Sue just happens to have powers that specifically work well against celestials. All right, there you go. 400 yeah, Fantastic yeah, so, Four. So, so just to prove Q's point, you laugh at Sue Richards. That woman, don't piss her off. Do not piss her off. One more, one more thing, too. This is coming in, uh, again, courtesy of Sean, Sean Christopher in our chat room. Uh, from the Mary Sue blog, it says that Mindy Kaling, Riz Ahmed, and Kumail Nanjiani want to write the Ms. Marvel movie. Okay, I hope yeah. they get that gig because... That is like Muslim Black Panther. <laughs> I would say it straight up. Matter of fact, you think Black Panther made a lot of money. If they do a legit movie just showcasing a, a Muslim hero made by Marvel, I mean, the only problem is, you know, you're dealing with, with uh, religious issues and, you know, whether it's conservative versus progressive. You know, how, how you know, again, it's a female hero. I don't know, but I do know that I'm going to want to see a movie like this, but you have to consider the Islamic community, the vastness of the Islamic community, as well as, uh, you know, listen, just like the black community, and and it's going to be black, they're going to be black uh, uh, Muslims are going to want to see this. I mean, this is, this is amazing. Well, this uh, is amazing. If this goes down, it it has to, they have to make it so. They have to make it so. I, uh, on my page, I have the line of tweets regarding that, and G. Willow Wilson, creator of Miss Marvel, commented that she'd be honored, honored to 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 have them take on the project. And uh, Riz and Mindy both went. Excuse me, this she's your creation. There's no way we're doing this, and you're not involved. So. To Riz Ahmed and to Mindy Cowan, you know, who Mindy admitted, I got all of the Miss Marvel books. I love her. This would be a dream for me. You know, this is what we're talking about, though. This is what we've been talking about with AfroNerd in the beginning. Here are stars and creators intermingling over true love of characters. And there is no way when you get that that you're going to get a project like, oh, they just phoned this in. Oh, you're let me, only let here me, for a paycheck. Let me say this, and i got to say this regrettably. This is kind of like my reptilian thing working as, you know. <laughs> uh, Priyanka Chopra is unfortunately, I think, a, a, a tad too old and too fine to be uh, Ms. Marvel. I mean, because Ms. Marvel is a teenager. Yeah, but, exactly. but I mean, under normal... Under normal circumstances, 
I would want to see Priyanka Chopra in this thing under normal circumstances. But but she has she is aged out by about fifteen years, I think. Yeah, let let's just keep this teenager. Keep it as a teenager. Let let's roll with it because I could easily see the Captain Marvel movie. She's doing the fighting and bap bap bap, and things happen, and she lands in somebody's backyard or something like that. And you could see out the window a, a young Muslim girl like this looking on in wonder, like, "Wow, oh my God, that looked awesome!" And right there. Birth of Kamala Khan. Yeah, Priyanka is, by the way. I'm just just putting it out there. Anyway, uh, I applaud what's going down. So I think that'll be very interesting. If that, I, I really hope they do get these individuals involved in it because actually you have, you have a good mix of the humor and the seriousness just in these personalities between Kumail and Mindy. But Riz Ahmed, as I mean, I, listen, these people can, can star in it. I, I don't know. I, this, this, their names attached to this project is going to put more, I think, more speed and seriousness in, in getting it done. I just, I, I just had that, I just had that feeling. I just had that feeling. All right, let's, um, let's, let's move forward. We got about thirty-eight minutes, minutes remaining. Um, I'm going to bring back Houston. I think he, he switched phones. I'm going to bring him back in because I think he's going to have an interest in this topic. I, I, I think we've covered this a little bit. But I want to kind of delve back into it again. Um, the issue with these cases of doing nothing, I think I might have created this acronym. I, don't, I, I just I don't I haven't seen it. I, the acronym is DNWB, doing nothing while black. I never heard anybody <laughs> oh, use God. it before. I never I never heard anybody else use it before. I just you know. Maybe I, maybe I just created it. <laughs> I don't know. I just came up with it. I would find it hard to believe no one, no one else has come, come up with DNWB. Now, let me do a, do a quick do, Google search just to see if I can. Hmm. Yeah. I don't think I, uh, I don't think I see anybody. Yeah. Let, ahead, let, while, while you do, while you do your search, let me just say this: if I'm reading my comics on the train at, after this broadcast. And you call the cops on me for reading my comics. The instant the cops approach me and they go like, "What are you doing?" and saying something about me reading my comics, I'll go like this: "Okay, so it's against the law for me to be reading. Fine, I'll stop reading. But you got to tell me who exactly called the cops on me. Who exactly? Yeah, you know what? Who did? Because you know, I'd like you know, to I, speak I, to that person." You know, I'm looking at this in Google. I do not see the acronym DNWB, Doing Nothing While Black. So I, I think maybe I invented it. There it goes. Right. I think Hashtag I think I, I, think I nothing I, while black. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, we'll, we'll work on something uh, minutes after this broadcast. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so so uh, there's been a, a, a fair share. Oh, let me bring in bring back Q Storm. There's been a fair share of stories. I mean, every couple of days now, every couple of days now, I'm hearing more and more stories of black people, and not, and not, notwithstanding people of color, because you have to think of the Native American gentlemen that were do, literally doing nothing and being. Okay, hold on, I'm hearing, I'm hearing background noise. I'll bring him back. And um, we've we've talked about this before, 
but they're becoming more and more intense with these interactions. We know about the Airbnb out there in California with the granddaughter of music legend Bob Marley, how she's a filmmaker. There were two other women of color with her and a white female friend. So you had four women that were doing what many of us are doing. She was staying in a person's home, you know, as a business deal. I mean, you know, as a bread and breakfast, Airbnb, we know this is a, this is a, a very much a thing nowadays. No big deal unless you're a black person. So how that story goes in a nutshell was, uh, again, this is a woman of some prominence. She's, she is in, she's a, uh, a family member of a music legend. You know, the, the, the Marleys are on the stock exchange. Or not, the Marley brand is on the stock exchange, I believe. So, I mean, you know, there's some money going on there with the Marleys. We know that. So anyway, uh, they're exiting the home after staying there a few days. And a neighbor calls the cops on them. Mind you, four women, one is white, and but only the three are made note of because – the three out of the four because simply they're black women with suitcases. I've never seen people robbing a house, taking suitcase, suitcases out of a house, but nevertheless, the cops are called on them. And then it ends up being a big, a big to-do because you have uh, helicopters – uh, I think a number of cop cars for women, mind you. These aren't like linebackers. Even the line, even my my linebackers uh, analogy. You know, even that's you know, even that's a stretch. But you're not talking about 250 pound men with suitcases exiting an Airbnb. These are women, black women. So <laughs> I think I, I think there's I think there's some lawsuits being discussed. And uh, what I'm hearing is that. The white neighbor didn't get a, a hand wave from these people or an acknowledgement or an acknowledgement to her liking. You have to make me you have to make me feel comfortable, black person. You have to make me feel comfortable. I don't feel comfortable, so I'm calling the cops. The Yale student, the Yale graduate students, again, this woman's credentials are pretty impressive. And another white person calls Yale student who is simply nodding off in a common area of the dormitory doing nothing uh a young man who was a, was formerly a uh part of the uh Ob- president obama's administration part of that regime of uh, he was called the council called on him because he was moving into a apartment toward the the west side i think in the like 106 in the, in the high almost near Harlem, in that area. Um, and it's, it's on and on and on. So oh, gonna, wait, I think there was some you, background. You, you, you didn't hear the last one that just happened? I want to say a well, day the real, ago. The realtor? The realtor? Oh, yeah, there, the stability politics goes out the window now, too, because that guy was actually doing his job in a suit. <laughs> well, I, I don't think, I think, I think, I think um, Q-Storm might disagree with you on that. As, as to okay. how respectability, respectability politics were actually applied. Q, you, you had some things to say about this, I think. I saw you on Twitter. 
Yeah. First off, I apologize for the noise. I didn't. I didn't realize you would buzz me, and I wasn't ready to come in yet. I just Sorry, made it, I, right. I just made it home and I was talking to my family. Sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, listen, can we put to rest this whole this whole thing about respectability politics being a negative? Can we put that to rest? Because on the, the tweet I just sent you today, we saw a young black man who had some game about him. He had his papers. I said it. He had his papers. He had. <laughs> He came correct. He didn't have his pants sagging. He didn't have tattoos on his jaws and on his neck. He spoke uh, well, like he had an like he had some meaning of education. Okay. Uh, he didn't mouth off at the cops. He didn't jump like why are you why are you mess with me? What, what, what did your man Skip say? Uh, D uh, Bert, what what did your man Skip Gates say? Your mama. He no, didn't mama. he didn't come like that. <clears throat> he didn't come like that. What did he, he he had proof. He had receipts. So and, and you see how the cops reacted. They're like, oh, this 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 brother. Now the sister, was, there was a sister on the on the scene, but these cops were, oh oh, this this guy's correct. I, 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 hey, this guy is the real deal. And they got mad at the woman. That's how you play it. That's it, listen to the audience. Listen closely. That's called chess. Y'all keep playing checkers. If you ever play checkers and you come down to a few pieces on the board, it takes forever to win a game, and you finally give up. Not with chess. You get these mother in checkmate. Okay? Case closed. Case closed. See, that helps with the cops. My thing is, okay, the house is for sale. All right? This guy is a realtor. He is there, right there. The woman knows that that house is being sold. The sign is up there and everything. Here's a dude with a clipboard in his hand doing like this with the house, marking it down. And that's doing your job. It's not a dude with his pants sagging. It's not a thing. So on your end cue, yes, it helps with the cops. But my end, I'm looking at the woman making the call in the first place. What up with you? What you're that much of a busybody? Did you not just see what happened in Oakland with the barbecue? And props to my people out in Oakland. That was a perfect response. Wait, you called you called the cops on a couple guys having the barbecue? Okay, yo, get mama, get everybody out. We're gonna go and we're doing the electric side for about an hour. Cookout. We're doing the whole nine right there for this woman to see. Let them call the cops on all of us. Perfect. That was a perfect trolling response to my people in Oakland. Keep it real out there. But here, in this case, black dude doing his job. Nice car parked out front. He's like this. And you still call the cops on him. It doesn't matter if he was there illegally. It doesn't matter if he was there professionally. All that matters is he was there and he was black. How dare him be black in my neighborhood? I'm calling the cops. Hey, cops, there's an official black person here. And you want to know how stupid this all is? I'm going to go to my friend I write all day, Clarkisha Kent, on Twitter. Okay? She put up a meme 
with uh, with Miss Cole, who had her own incident a couple of days ago, or uh, from from Black Mirror as the uh, uh, type, like that, saying, "This is my face every time a white person calls uh, the cops on a black person doing a- 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 nothing." If I'm the operator, she got banned from Twitter for a couple of days over that, and I'm like. You you banter over this. I see guys cursing up a storm. Uh, I see inappropriate images. I see, but you banter over this. That just goes to show how fragile these people are. You can call the cops on a black person doing nothing, but if we make fun of you for wasting the cops' time and everything like that, all of a sudden we're the enemy, and 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 we get can get banned off of Twitter. And folks, if you don't believe me, this is all a matter of Twitter record and stuff like that. It's all out there. This is how stupid this is. And we haven't even gotten to the stupid New York lawyer yet. We're getting there, folks. We're getting there. Oh, I don't know this story. All right. Breaking news. <laughs> oh, this oh, it's it's on it's on. It's on. You the, there's a video of this dude's rant against two uh I want to say Latin Mexican women. And uh, it's caught on video. This attorney doing this. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on. We're getting well, well, everybody on, today. Wait, well, 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 listen. Not to toot my own horn, because I, I am about promoting. It's not even about me. It's about Afro Nerd, the radio program. Uh, we've we've gotten emails. At least I've gotten emails from people who have been listening for a long time. And when I first started this program, um, I got my fair share, fair share of barbs. And, and spears thrown at me, uh, especially when it was myself and when um, uh, Mr. Starks, a.k.a. Iron Man, was involved. When we first started doing this, when we started speaking this way, when we started talking about respectability politics, when we started talking about um, a little bit of conservatism, not Trumpism, but just kind of black folks kind of getting it together in spite of the situation. Uh, I, think we, I think we have helped people. I, th- I think Houston will leave it at admit that when I spoke, I think when I first spoke about how you deal with these cops and not necessarily being so confrontational that he himself had gotten involved in something and could have gotten a ticket and, and miraculously did not get a ticket because he had a certain comportment and he was able to shuffle, shuffle along his way without incident. All I'm saying in all of this is this program is, is meant to be a hub for all of us who have a little bit, a little bit of sense maybe higher cognition to be able to kind of figure this stuff out. I don't profess to say I have all of the answers, but whether it's myself, whether it's Daryl, whether it's, it's, it's Q-Storm, all these folks that call in, and it's, I consider it a kind of brotherhood, uh, the sorrows can come into the doors open for them as well. Uh, it's all about planning and developing. What, so what I'm essentially saying is, I want to get away from the shock and awe talk of, of what is obvious. It's racism, stupid. You know how they say uh, the acronym KISS, keep it simple, stupid? It's racism, stupid. To constantly act in awe of these racist white folks rearing their heads, this is what it is. Now, we get out of our feelings, and as, as what uh, Q-Storm said, Developing a plan of action. We read effing comic books. I've been reading uh, Black Panther 
and and Batman, as goofy as some people think this stuff is, it's really not that goofy. Is it? I know Daryl knows this for a fact. There's a lot of stuff in comic books that I see happening in real time. I'm not talking about like this, uh, you know, fantastic powers, but just kind of developing plans and hit, you know, hidden hidden uh, hidden strategies and that kind of thing. It comes from comic books. It's a lot of things. A lot of a lot of pop culture. I'm able to derive like situations from what I see in science fiction and pop culture. It's all learning. So what am, what am I saying even beyond that without going to all this verbosity? What I'm saying is when Q Stone talks about this young man, this realtor, the woman next door is a cracker. <laughs> okay? This is not a progressive white person who's educated, who, who, who is not uh, weirded out by skin tone differences. This is not that person. We have white listeners. Obviously, a white person that can listen to Afro-Nerd, they're not looking at it like they look, they're getting information like everybody else. A cracker is not that kind of person, okay? This person, if you saw the video, even when, he, even when it was proven that he was allowed to be in that house, she gave him a time limit. Like, oh, well, as long as you get in and out. The officer said, no, he can stay there longer than he can stay there longer. He can stay there as long as he wants to. He had, when Q Stone talks about respectability politics, Daryl, he's not talking about uh, having, like, being correct and having all your papers for white people. It's for yourself. Respectability politics is a armor. You come correct, so you have all the answers and you can smack people down. The thing I do not like about some of the millennial folk, some of them, is that they, and that's why they're being called snowflakes. It's like, ouchie, I got a boo-boo. This, this man or woman called me the N-word. I don't know what to do. I have feelings. This is microaggressions. I don't know what to do. Boo-hoo-hoo. No. That's not – <laughs> listen, we, we, many of us were born after the Malcolm X's and the Dr. King's, but we, we were raised on eyes on the prize and these kind of things. We've seen enough to know that these people are serious. They have always been serious, and you can't you got to come correct, and you can't be this this kind of uh, black male or female with no agency. Black people do have agency. No one's going back. They can talk about make America great again all they want. No one is going back. But what you must do is have your surveillance in order, have your attorneys on speed dial, take copious notes if necessary. Have your video you know, again. Have your videos out. Have your paper. Be, be prepared that if somebody comes up with some ish, without getting too emotional, be ready for the smackdown. But this whole concept of people kind of just see my issue. This is what I really want to get into. Is I do feel there's a there are a segment of black people, a segment that when they get caught in these situations, there's a lot of mumbling, a lot of blurs and slurs. And they are not prepared for this kind of ish. All I'm saying is that listening to this program, and I profess not to have all the answers, but some of it some of it has to do do with being being prepared. I'm always prepared to deal with some racist cracker. Very, I'm just I'm just ready. I'm expectant of it. I'm not shocked. But if you're gonna have this, I have no agency kind of thing. That's what I don't like. Would you agree, Q, Q, there's a little bit of, you know, some of these people are getting caught up and they don't know what to do and they're not really speaking up enough 
You can speak to these people. The, the, the guy, the, the realtor, spoke up and was very, hey, I don't care. I got, I got X, Y, and Z. I'm ready for your ass. These other people, I don't think so. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I think well, you talked you talked about the Airbnb situation. You talked about the um, the barbecue situation and the golf course. I think you are starting to see people coming yep. with that chess, and I'm happy to yeah. see that. Now, now you're not going to like this, Dow. You probably won't like it either. But I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. I'm going to keep it real. Black people, you have all the same amendment rights as white folks. Train yourself. Because some some of these crackers, to use your word, are not just calling the police on you. Some of them are getting ropes on you. Train yourself. Yeah, well, train yourself. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying without saying it, right? Right, but I think, listen, use what is at your disposal. Be very intelligent. I'm always about brain power. Now, I'm not against what you're saying, but at the very least, look, there's tier, there's tier levels to this, right? Tier levels. Some of us can't even get past the brain power level, Q. At least, at least let's get to the brain power. Then we have to deal with armaments if that's what we're getting. You, you know what, Deeper? You're right. I'm going to give you applause on that because when you train yourself, you really have to have even more brain power. So you are correct. Get uh, the brain power first. Because a lot I'm, of fools I'm out not, there just get – they get out there and just – and just fire off because their feelings get hurt. So, yeah, get the brain power I, I, first. I'm not the biggest supporter of uh, uh, Adam – what's the guy, the comedian's name? Um, Carolla? Uh, oh, shit. Adam Carolla. Adam Carolla? Adam Carolla. Adam Carolla, correct. But he does say something about himself that I like to apply to myself, and it's called having – I think Daryl definitely has this, but probably because of his military training. It's called hyper-vigilance. Hyper-vigilance. And I don't, I really do not have patience, irrespective of race, but especially for people of color and black people specifically, where they have this kind of lackadaisical, I don't know what's going on around me. You know, you, you, we have the young folks with their earphones on in, in Manhattan walking around in traffic, then a garbage truck smacks you in the ass. You don't know what's going on. Someone robs you. You know, I, I, have, I have Meek Mill on my, on my earbuds, and not, not, not that you want to hear that, but you need to – listen, it is serious now. It, it is so patently serious that you, you just cannot have this kind of stuff. Matter of fact, and I think I mentioned this before, um, Q, one of the other shows, and I'm very kind of sort of happy about this, casters are starting to address this kind of we got to start really – Checking. I've been praying. Some of the things I've been saying before, I'm not interrupting myself, but I, I've been praying for this stuff to go down. Some folks are starting to actually start to talk about checking black celebrities, like the whole black celebrity culture, because uh, I'm seeing them starting to, starting to say out loud, if these people don't get their ish together, they're going to have to be dealt with. They're going to have, we're gonna have to die. Maybe, they, maybe Kanye was the tip of the iceberg, and now it's starting to melt a little. Because, because uh, some of these folks are put there, put out there to distract us. So you, we can't take the lead with these. You can't allow these people to take the lead when it comes to political thought, 
when it comes down to social movement. You know, we're getting our news from these people. We're, we're kind of mimicking our moves. So I think even Yvette Carnell, and I don't even agree with everything she says, but there's contouring and contrast. I don't like the, you know, as I say, I don't like the whole thing about I disagree with you. That's kind of, that's kind of an obvious thing. But she has been very, very proficient in saying that you can clearly see that, that black celebrity, sometimes the celebrity has been positioned to, 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 to give black people the false perception that everything is okay. Like as long as T.I. is in a mansion, I'm okay. That's not how it works. T.I. is a minstrel who's put out there to distract you from what's going on. T.I. is not going to help you. Puffy's not going to help you. These people have to be kind of checked to say, listen, take off, them, take off those tap shoes, put on some, put on some hard-bottom shoes, put on some Timberlands, and let's get ready for, let's get ready for mental war. I'm using the term mental war. So I'm hearing that talk, and I'm getting, maybe even the Donald Glover thing. We see now that this is, let's go let's, let's kind of segue into this. Um, this actress who I've seen before, it's kind of a comedian on YouTube, uh, a white young female Canadian. She has her own version of this. This is America thing, and it didn't go off too well. And even this person came in. Even she came in with her slavery thing. So you had you had Kanye West talking about slavery uh, was a choice. Then this actress, um, what's her name? I, I, I just because uh, I've seen her before. She she I thought she was somewhat humorous, but she went a little too far. Uh, Nicolette Arbor. Yeah, Nicole Arbor. N- Nicole Arbor. And I even like it, likened what she did to what Pat Boone did with Tutti Frutti with Little Richard's Tutti Frutti. That she tried automatically. She sees a black commentary. Masterful black commentary, and she wants to usurp that commentary by putting her own white feminism on top of uh, white feminism on top of that thing. Didn't go down too well. Didn't go down too well. Black folks well, have to lay the lay the smackdown on some of this stuff. That's all I'm asking for. Okay, well, I, go ahead. See, go ahead. I didn't have I, I didn't have love for it, but I could I I likened it to Dave Chappelle's Black Bush. Where she took something that was in the media and put her own spin on it. The problem is, this is America hit home to a lot of black people, and if the comedy isn't on point, and I believe she used to be a part of one of the the like Mad TV, one of those type shows where satire is a major point. If it bombs right away, we're not going to give it the time of day, and we're going to come back and hate on it. Like from 30 seconds in on this, I was like, oh, boy, get ready for it to, to start rolling downhill. Here we go. Back to you, Afrinerd. Q, did you see this video? you have any thoughts about what she's trying to do? This is kind of in the same, the same circle of people kind of taking these movements, not being serious. You know, I, I thought that the, the Donald Glover really kind of put out, put out kind, of a, uh, kind of a bullhorn, I think. I think a bullhorn to other rap artists that maybe you're, maybe it's time for you cats to kind of get it in order. The young thug, that stuff is kind of wearing thin. I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking. I, out loud. I didn't. I didn't see it. I, I I've been busy for the last couple of days. I heard. I saw a lot of parodies going on with this video, and I heard that there was this one 
by a female who was trying to, I think I read that she was trying to co-opt what Glover was saying for uh, feminism. I don't know. I, so I don't, I, I have to watch it, but no, I, I must check this out. And I also want to say, you talked about distractions. This may be off tangent, but you know what? Turn your TV, turn your TVs off when Meghan Markle gets married to this uh, former Nazi costume wearing dude. Just yeah, don't, yeah, don't, not, don't give yeah, that any, don't give it any energy. Who gives up? I can't say the I word. When are we going to get afternoon after dark? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm almost, I'm almost nervous about doing Afro Nerd Radio. It, it will, the things I would want to say, <laughs> that I say to myself, uh, it would be a raucous show. It would have to be. It's gonna get. We're gonna consider it. I think it's gonna, we're gonna have to, because I do want to kind of go into that a little, where I can really speak real funky. But it's a. I don't give a, a damn that her father's not taking her down the aisle. Who gives a crap? Yeah. <laughs> well, look. Where's the mama? Where's the mama? You see what I mean? Like I, 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 I see, I see the effort. See, I see. I won't see. I won't say effery, uh on the After Dark show. It's going to be real rugged. But this is the effery. This is what you see. The, first of all, he's way down on the tier level list on as far as the royalty thing goes. If he was going to be the next man. Maybe the second to the next man or woman. I don't think this marriage. I don't think this marriage would go down. Because we saw one of the royals. We saw one of the cousins or something come in. Come in with this this pin, this African queen pin, a dark skin African pin, and this pin was was clearly was clearly a kind of menstrual racist trolling by one of the royals. So trust me. As fair complected as uh, Megan is, I they know who she they, they know who she is. Even if she does, even if she doesn't think so, she's playing. See, this this racial thing is so funny to me. It is so funny to me because I I know people get bound in shape when they go into this into the colorism thing with black people. But you know how black you are when you get into the minutia of even this what this this royal wedding. That that there's a picture you can Google this. There's a picture of this fecal eating, smiling royal, where she has this black ass pin on her on her blouse. Clearly, it's meant to be a kind of trolling. It's it's almost an equivalent of wearing a MAGA hat. It's very similar. This is this you know listen what happens in England. Uh, it, they're, they're cousins, literally, to the American. Okay, racism over there is racism over here. I see it, but the fact that this woman has two parents, and the the, the some of these lower tier white folk that are in her family, they want they 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 feel a certain kind of way. Okay, we see them. Where are the black folks in her family? Where's the where's the mama with the dreads? Why why is she isn't there? And also, I wonder if she had a black father, would she would that black father be able to walk her down the aisle? I don't know. But the black mama, we don't see her. We fi- we finally see a picture of the father, and even then, there's some issues with him being being able to show there. But we're seeing the white side of her family, uh, kind of sort of rearing their heads, and even they, even the even the classism involved, is it. Is is you have to take note of that. We we should, really should not be invested in this whole thing. We just should not. 
No, it, we should not. Of, it is an extension of black celebrity. It's an extension of black celebrity. I don't know how I don't know how long that marriage is going to last. I don't know how long because uh, when it when it comes down to the intimacies, I'm going to keep it raw or semi raw. I get my will get more funky on the um, on the uh, after nerd after after Afro nerd after dark show. But when it comes down to the intimacies, this is a sister still. I saw her hair. Okay. Q, you know where I'm going. Hey, Deaver, did you see uh, Deaver? Did you see a feet? Did you see a feet, Deaver? Oh God. Why didn't see a feet? Well, you know, you know me. I, is a, her feet? Her feet got to be to my liking. I, was something wrong with her feet? I'm just saying, you know, don't 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 clown her too much. I mean, she's still fine. I mean, come on now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm about to say, but I, I, well, listen. I, I assumed her feet were in order. I'm not even talking about her feet. I mean, my, if she was in Afro nerd kingdom, her feet would be pedicured. That's that's without any, without question. Hands and feet. But listen, well, again, let, we let, have to have an Afro nerd. Oh, hold on, let, hold on, hold on. I'm going somewhere with this. I'm going somewhere with this. All right. A, a, a Q Storm knows what I'm talking about. Any man, any black man has had, or white male, who's had intimacies with black women, that they're gonna have to, they're gonna have to, they're gonna have to wrap up that head. They're gonna have to. Gonna, she gonna is she, is she gonna have her hair wrapped up, uh, in the royal. Oh vest? Lord, stop it, Deeper. Like, like, no, 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 wait a minute. No, listen. This is like you know, he's gonna, like, gonna realize now. She gonna is she gonna be in a, is she gonna be is she gonna be in a perpetual state of hair straightener dealing with this white man royal? Have their heads 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 wrapped up at night the whole nine. You gonna have a royal do rag? I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering. We were, we were going good. No controversies during this show. Uh, I'm and sorry. He he just had to go there. I do. Let me. Q, does, your, let does me, your wife wrap up her head at night? Don't care. One hundred. Well, uh, hey, well. <laughs> <laughs> let let me just speak on behalf of me and a lot of blurs out there. That is, is the British. Is hold, hold on, that is the British royal wedding. I am American. There's a reason why we fought the American Revolution. I don't give a one about your reality TV, your royals, your get that out of my way. I need to save the expanse. Lucifer needs a new network. You know, I was fighting for Agents of Shield. I don't give a rat's ass about their royal hierarchy monarchy. There's a reason why we're Americans right now and not flying the British flag so we can stay away from crap like this. Thank wow, you, you took you took it to another level. I, you know, I would say, you know, North Korea and South Korea talks Korean talks have just broken down because we're we're playing uh war games over on the Korean peninsula. And CNN wants to follow that up with Meghan Markle is getting married this weekend. I don't give a crap. Wait, wait, hold it. Oh no, North Korea and South Korea ain't talking anymore. But, but what about Trump's Nobel Peace Prize? You can <laughs> suck the other nut now too. <laughs> Look, I'm it's just off the rails. I'm somewhat of a, I'm so, you know, people know I'm somewhat, somewhat of an Anglophile. Shout out to Sava, Sava who listens to us by way of UK, a uh, man of color from, uh, from Africa. He listens. He has his own, own blog, by the way. Um, 
hopefully we'll catch up with him when he, he said that he might come to one of the New York Comic Cons. So uh, hopefully we'll be able to reach out to him. But uh, and, I, and also I met uh, one of our listeners, Afro Brit, a uh, young young woman uh, uh, who was of African and British extraction. So I have I have affinity for British culture and so forth. But I also know that when you're dealing with the royals, she's no different than Michelle Obama. Hair and all, you see Michelle Obama's locks are a little less relaxed, and and her body is more react relaxed since she left the White House. There are certain uh, expectations for a woman, especially a black woman, when you're in the, when you're in those circles. Uh, you you could not you would not see uh, Michelle Obama with a certain certain hairstyle being the first lady. That's just the way it is. So you can imagine what's going on for someone who's going to be deemed some kind of princess or a duchess or whatever. I don't think she's going to be classified as a princess. Maybe maybe not. I don't know. But again, she she would not. She would. It's only because he is so far down the line that this marriage is going to be allowed. And even then, I want to know where is Black Mama with the dress. There we go. That's there what, you her go. Mama has dress. Her Mama has dress. What's going on? What's going on? See, I ain't looking. At, I ain't looking at that. I ain't. Worth, I don't care worth a damn. I'm not looking at that. And, and, and we should say, I mean, Daryl's entitled to his views. I respect that, but I, I wasn't ready to take it there about the whole country of, of England. <laughs> but I respect hey. what he said. But for hey. me, it's just, it's just, I, I love. I have, I want to visit London again. I've been there twice, but I don't give a damn about who gets married over there. I really don't. Hey. It's, it's. Uh, look, I, I look at it this way. To other people, I enjoy watching like like Premier League football, a.k.a. soccer and stuff over there. And I have people hit me all the time. Oh, why you care about that? You should just be American football. Yeah, American football, da 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 And I turn around and see these, these, these same people going, oh, the royal wedding. Oh, my God. That, so this is my pushback. Like, I got my own government problem. She wants to marry the dude that was in a Nazi uniform for Halloween. All the power to her. But uh, I don't give a damn about their hierarchy. Uh, you see what Trump's doing here? Yeah, I'm focused on that. You know what? The dream has gone. I took, I just Googled <laughs> Megan Markle's feet. Oh, man. Uh-oh. She can, hey, nah, nah. She, it ain't going to work with me. <laughs> wow. It, 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 yeah, it ain't going to work. I, I, there I we go. I'm trying to, yeah. I'm trying to, celebrities with bunions, celebrities with bunions. Not wow. Yeah, it's done. <laughs> it's done. Maybe that's why she got married to him. She gets get them yeah, pedicures yeah, every it. week. <laughs> Royal bunions, man. They ain't working. I just assume we assumed her feet were on point. They look gangly. Damn <laughs> it, man. I'd have her arrested. <laughs> <laughs> Oh great! Now the meme is going to be Afro nerd on the phone with glasses, like going, "Hello, royal royal police, I'd like to report a crime." I can see it now. That's going to be the Listen, new meme. You knows me for you knows me for a couple of years, and I, I let it fly a little bit on air. My the real me, feet and hands are integral. Every every girlfriend I had, her, them feet and hands were on point. That's the thing. 
Her feet the worst one of the worst one of the worst feet I've ever seen. Megan Markle. Wow. Look it up. I I tell you it's up. Megan Markle feet. I, I don't Markle feel like looking up people's feet. Instant. Was it on the level of uh what was that movie with Eddie Murphy nope. and Layla Rochon where her feet were jacked up? Was it on the level of that D Burt? Well, see, was it Layla Boomerang, I think it was? I might have made an exception. But I have to I, I remember where you were going with that, but it, it's bad. It's like Oprah. Look up Oprah's feet, by the way. Oprah's don't, feet. Don't make Oprah's me do that. Oh, here we go. Oprah, oh. Oprah's, Oprah's feet. The, 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 money, dark. The, the money might only might, might cure my pain from that. Only. Oh, boy. Uh, it up there. Gentlemen, wow. we're already in the podcast. We're already in the podcast with a close shot. Uh, Harvey Birdman returns to Adult Swim, sort of. Uh, not the not the Birdman I would want to see. After the Birdman comic book, Daryl, by the way. You know, I can't believe we're oh. going back into the, the comedic. But, you know, it is what it is. Well, the, it, it, he has a lot of fans from that. So you can't underestimate that. Just like Space Ghost has a lot of fans for Coast to Coast, Harvey Birdman at Law engendered a lot of fan, like, love for it. So I don't doubt that one. All right, uh, you know, we did get a chance to talk about the roots and how they had this kind of shade towards straight black men, and even in a, a, I thought it was a real apology, not so much. Not so, we'll talk about this on Sunday, but I thought the, it, it's obviously, again, the pressure is on even on the mystery. I, I told you that the root is neo nigarati neo nigarati and I still stand, I still stand correct that even when they, they, they felt the heat, because I think it's called, uh, they got a hashtag, hashtag the root article. Hashtag the root article is, a, is essentially a protest by straight black males against the root, because the root is feeling the goddamn heat. But, but in their apology, not really an apology. It is pure shade. So unfortunately, we, run out, we ran out of time, gentlemen. On Sunday, I'm going to talk about the root and how they had this corny-ass uh, apology, and it's not even an apology. It's pure shade, but they feel in the heat. Hashtag the root article. Anyway, gentlemen, it's been real. Always a pleasure. Deadpool yeah, here we go. We're going to be we're going to have a, a first impressions video, so we're going to get it in. Daryl, we got to get you on cra- camera real soon. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it. This is the, the Suffers. I think this, the Suffers were at Afropunk at one point. The Suffers, Peanuts, Sunday... 6 p.m. Deadpool 2. Good real. Good Hold my hand. I'll make those days go easy. Just the way you like. You give my hips that grip, then let me know that you, that you, that you need me. This life doesn't always, always have to be so hard. So why don't we get it right at the start?
Hey! 